0: TED Audio Collective.
1: Do you still think that Bernie stands are pieces of shit?
2: No. (laughs) (laughs) No. I think that there are certain individuals who probably need to cool it. Um, (laughs) But calling people pieces of shit is, you know, not a fair assessment.
1: Hi, I'm Ben. Hey, I'm Dylan Marin, and welcome back to Conversations with People Who Hate Me, the show where I take contentious online disagreements and move them onto a phone call. Sometimes I speak solo to my own detractors, and other times I moderate between guests. Today, I'm doing the latter. Now, if you've been at all keeping up, even casually, with American political news, you'll know that there is a Democratic presidential primary going on. Two of the front runners are Elizabeth Warren, a senator from Massachusetts, and Bernie Sanders, a senator from Vermont. Both candidates run on largely progressive, left-leaning promises, and from the outside, they seem pretty similar. Now, if you don't live in the United States, or you do, and you're listening to this in the near or distant future, but the relentless news cycle has completely washed away your memory of this time, that's okay, because this story is, unfortunately, timeless and universal. Two politically similar candidates run against each other, and their competition plays out more fiercely among their respective supporters. This, of course, translates into online fights, vicious verbal exchanges between people who are nearly ideologically identical to each other. From afar, I get it, this can be very confusing, but this show is all about getting closer, taking a big story and zooming in to just two people who, as always, can only speak for themselves. Today, I'm moderating a call between a Warren supporter and a Bernie supporter who got into a heated altercation on Twitter. Kate Willett is a stand-up comedian who has a political, feminist comedy podcast called Reply Guys. These days, she's a vocal Bernie supporter and uses her platform to make political jokes, many in support of her candidate of choice, and some against his opponents, like this one. Back in November, Kate tweeted, I relate to Elizabeth Warren because when I say I have a plan for that, I also mean that I will think about doing it in three years. So this tweet really took off, and as of this recording, it has 22,000 likes and 2.8 thousand retweets. But someone who didn't like it, both literally and emotionally, is Steph, a woman who, as you'll soon hear, was actually a longtime fan and follower of Kate's. Steph responded, ugh, why is it that Bernie stans can't stop themselves from being pieces of shit? And it then got messier. Kate retweeted Steph's tweet, and because Kate has a large following, a lot of people responded, and then those people started going through Steph's timeline and responding to older tweets of hers. You know the story. But Kate and Steph are here on this show today. It's easy to look at a conflict, especially one that involves two people who share so many core values and just assume that everyone is overreacting. Maybe you are a left-leaning progressive who is tuning in because you've gotten into one of these fights yourself. Or maybe you hate these fights, can't imagine who's behind it, and you've come here to figure that out. Perhaps you're a conservative listener and you are just so eager to hear more proof of the quote-unquote left tearing itself apart. Whatever brought you to this episode today, welcome. We're happy to have you. And if this show has taught us anything, it's that there is always a story hidden somewhere beneath the surface of online vitriol. And it's this show's job to find it. First, I'm gonna get to know Kate, then Steph, and then I'll connect them to each other. Before we begin, a quick content warning. In today's episode, there is a mention of suicide. If that's not something you should be hearing right now, don't worry. Turn this podcast off and go have a great day. All right, with that being said, let's get started. Here is Kate. Should we jump right into it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay.
0: Kate, hi. Hi. How
1: are you? Good, how are you? Good, we're doing a podcast. I know, I'm so excited. Let's kind of make this more personal for a moment. Um... Tell me about you.
0: Okay, so I'm a stand-up comedian. Um, I'm a feminist.
1: When did you kind of start honing your, your comedy voice?
0: So it's funny, like, I think when I started comedy, I was writing a lot about... Like sleeping with like crappy guys, which mm-hmm. was like the problem that I was having at the time. Mm-hmm. It was can I be gross on this podcast? Please, yeah, I mean there gross. there was a time in my life where like the truly worst thing in my life was that there were some bad people who had cool dicks, yeah. and I was <laughs> so <laughs> upset about this. You know, like it was just, it was bad just, people with cool dicks. I was really 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 this upset. This is
1: amazing. Uh,
0: but you know, I think now I just. I, I, I do feel the uh, injustice of what's happening yeah. um, in our society right now because I just had a very direct and crushing experience of it. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of it is coming out in my joke writing. But, you yeah. know, I actually want to – I, I want to write jokes about all kinds of things. I think my stand-up is a little bit less political than my Twitter. I guess one of the reasons why I feel compelled to, like, tweet about Bernie a lot is because – I do think that there is this stereotype of the Bernie bro that seems Mm -hmm. to be incredibly persistent. So Mm -hmm. I like to tweet jokes about Bernie that have, like, a a feminist take,
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know?
0: And I think that, I mean, I don't know how many people still believe in, like, the Bernie bro thing, but, like, I feel like it's important to kind of get the perspective out there that there's, like, some feminist reasons for supporting Bernie. And, of course, like, I also just like writing
1: jokes. Yeah. You tweeted, and I think this was in November, Yeah, right? You tweeted, I relate to Elizabeth Warren because when I say I have a plan for that, it also means I'll think about doing it in three years. Yeah. <laughs> so what inspired you to tweet that?
0: I remember like, she released her Medicare for All plan, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I was mad that she <laughs> wanted to pursue a public option before she pursued right. Medicare for all. So I was like feeling the fire and I tweeted yeah. a joke about that. Also that I was procrastinating on writing Great. some yes. stuff that I a needed to be thing. writing mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so like, it. yeah, I feel like a lot of my political jokes are like uh, a mixture of like things that are going on for me internally and like how I like project them onto other uh, political situations or candidates. No,
1: listen, I I think you just nailed uh, humanity <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and like how politics works so. yeah mm-hmm. you're not alone but you can make a joke at her expense yeah
0: but i mean i to me like it felt like a, a betrayal like all right well she's not serious about pursuing this yeah. you know or it's not like at the forefront of her priorities at least you know
1: um so this tweet got very popular yeah and it blew up many of your tweets do not to brag i mean, with a twitter celeb yeah i, <laughs> 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 I just <laughs> And And so this tweet blew up. You got a lot of responses to it,
0: yes, I did.
1: of the many comments under that tweet, there was one woman named Steph who tweeted, "Ugh, why is it that Bernie Stans can't stop themselves from being pieces of shit?" How did he feel when you read that?
0: I felt like it was a little over the top. I was I, I was, you know, I was it was like a mixture of, like, I was like, mad, but then I was also, Kind of, uh, it felt so. It felt unfair to me because, yeah. like, my joke was about Elizabeth Warren procrastinating. It was and which, not a mis- to be
1: fair. Was something you identified with? Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah. And it was like, you know, I try to put some care into my jokes, even yeah. if I am making fun of like Warren or something, to like make sure that yeah. it's not misogynistic. Yeah, and. And just you and know, you're it's like
1: me- procrastinating can be done by all.
0: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Procrastination for all. <laughs> yeah. For all. That's that's yeah. a great
1: platform to run on. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So I don't know. It just it it, it just felt like it wasn't quite the joke. Yeah. The type of joke that would warrant being called a piece of shit. Like I wasn't anti Warren or anything. Yeah. I voted for Bernie in sixteen, but I didn't really like him very much. I I also was, like a lot of people online, I, I was kind of put off by all the yelling. And and then I got a socialist boyfriend in 2018.
1: <laughs> I like that it's just a, you procured it.
0: No, yeah, I mean, he, well, actually what happened was I had a fight with this, like, random other comic on the internet. He tweeted something about Hillary Clinton, and I thought it was pretty sexist. So, it really escalates. It goes into, like, the DMs, and we are like, we're never talking again. Mm-hmm. So, after that, one of his friends reached out mm-hmm. to me, who was another comic I knew from around. And mm-hmm. that guy, Raghav, I, you know, we really, like, hit it off and. uh ended up dating, Mm -hmm. um, which I thought was like really funny. I guess he wanted someone to debate with or whatever. (laughs) Um, And so we fell super in love. And Mm -hmm. um, then like about six months into our relationship, he got pretty severe depression, which was Mm -hmm. something that he had struggled with for a while. And he got, um, you know, just uh, really down. He, He couldn't, go to the doctor to yeah. get medicine or anything like that because he wasn't insured he didn't have the money and then he died from his depression Oh. yeah um oh, God. yeah it was uh, it's incredibly fucked up it's one of the most uh, fucked up perhaps the most fucked up thing that's wow. ever happened and um seeing just the ways that are society failed him and just, you know, it like I feel like in this situation, like it's impossible to say that the definitive reason that he died from depression was because he couldn't go to the doctor. But I know that when he was able to Medicate his depression um, at a time when he did have access to medicine. It Hmm. was, I don't know, he was just able to function a lot better. And he he had some, you know, serious mental illness. And I I do truly believe that he would be alive today if uh, we had Medicare for All.
1: That moment with your boyfriend was what? sparks the fire for you, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I wasn't... I think by the time I dated him in, like, 2018, I was no longer, like, against Bernie, but I couldn't have seen myself becoming, like, a passionate Bernie supporter. So after he died, um, I became really good friends with a lot of his friends, and I feel like a big way that we have been just handling of death is to be you know, very active and trying Mm -hmm. to get Bernie elected because we really believe in Medicare for all. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think all of us feel like we just want to make sure that what happens to someone we really love doesn't happen to other people's friends, family. You know, it's just, it doesn't feel political anymore for me. It feels very real.
1: So you're about to talk to Steph. How are you feeling about that?
0: it feels a little nerve wracking to talk to someone who I know may not like me or may have a lot of ideas about what I'm like or yeah. something. But I don't know. I guess I feel like a little bit optimistic that like, you know, I know she said in her bio that she was a feminist and like I, my hope is that like maybe if she finds out that I'm also a feminist and that yeah. we care about many of the same issues that maybe she would feel yeah. less mad at me. I don't know.
1: Hey, how are you?
2: Well, um, I just woke up like uh, four minutes before you called. <laughs> okay.
1: Um, <laughs> yes. Welcome to the day. <laughs>
2: Thank you. I set an alarm and I did not hear it in any way. Listen,
1: that's how it goes. Um, and I stayed up too late last night watching TV. Love that you are have just woken up this morning, and we welcome you to the day. <laughs> so, Steph, let's start here. Now it feels like performed. I ask this so much, but I'll try to make it fresh, Steph. In only as many details as you want to share with me and on this show, um, why don't you tell me about you, your life, your daily life, uh, how you would describe yourself, kind of take that question however you want to take it.
2: Okay. My name is Steph. I am 29. I live in the Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania. I am a feminist,
1: yes. and I'm a writer.
2: My day job allows me to be an artist as well. Incredible. I uh, watch too much TV. <laughs> and <laughs> in general, I uh, I wear many hats. Uh, none of them are literal hats, because my head doesn't look good in them.
1: <laughs> good but, good to know.
2: But yeah, I know. I think that covers the... The gist. The important bases.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you would call yourself yeah. a Warren supporter?
2: I am. Yeah. Yes. Uh, As of this recording, he, subject to
1: change, of course.
2: <laughs> yes, I am. I am a Warren supporter for most of this year. I will. Okay,
1: it's twenty twenty now. I forgot. Um, yeah. For most <laughs> well, of the last year. Yeah, but also you can say <laughs> all of this year so far.
2: Yes, in fact, for all of this year.
1: So. Um, Let's kind of dig into the tweet. At the time that Kate tweeted that, what was your relationship to her?
2: I followed Kate soon after I joined Twitter. Um, I joined Twitter for a an online journalism class that I was taking. It was a requirement. A lot of what that was was like following news organizations. But my sister was on Twitter. And she was like, oh, hey, follow this person. She's very funny. Um, So she sent me, like, one of her tweets, and then I was like, oh, hey, it is funny.
1: So I followed her. (laughs) Confirmed funny. Great.
2: (laughs) Yes. And that was really it. I just followed her. I don't really have a super active Twitter life. Like, I don't have a following or anything. I'm just a regular person um
1: i'm following you now oh, so i i count myself as part of your following so don't <laughs> knock us please
2: <laughs> oh thank you thank you so much I, I like to tweet about things that are important to me but also about tv um
1: <laughs> uh, important to do that's
2: that how i roll so that's my twitter feed essentially is tv shows And my hot takes about them um, (laughs) and uh, political things.
1: Which is what brings us to this beautiful call today. What added me to your wonderful following, what makes me a proud member of your following, is that uh, Kate Willett tweeted, she tweeted a political joke, a jab, if you will. And how does seeing it make you feel? What I had
2: personally been dealing with at that time was that for some reason, uh, the algorithms decided that my Twitter was just going to be full of like people who were hardcore Bernie supporters, and unfortunately, Kate's tweet was like my breaking point.
1: <laughs> Kate's tweet was your breaking point. <laughs> why, why do you think that was the case?
2: Um, a little bit. I think that it's because it's someone that I chose to follow. And someone that, for, you know, however many years I've been on Twitter, was like enjoying her Twitter presence. And then to have that kind of negativity that I really associate with Bernie supporters be posed in that way, really just, it was like the last straw.
1: Yeah. So So you reach your breaking point and you see this tweet and then you tweet, ugh, why is it that Bernie stans can't stop themselves from being pieces of shit? So what made you want to vocalize those thoughts on Twitter?
2: It's not just about being a Warren follower or what have you, but just about the general future of the democratic party and, and just the political nightmare that we're living. Um, I just don't see it as necessary to tear down in such a way, the only other truly progressive candidate. So I was just over it at that point. And a lot of the time when I reply to things on Twitter, I feel like it's shouting into the void. Mm-hmm. um so when I returned to it and saw that it had created. A lot of responses. That was shocking. People then responded to me in an overwhelmingly negative fashion. <laughs> mm-hmm. I got ratioed.
1: Ratioed, okay. <laughs> um, which, to explain to anyone who doesn't know, it means, you know, getting more negative comments than likes on a tweet. What?
2: I was like, what? I deaf. I yeah
1: it's like you're shouting into the void and then sometimes the void reverberates and echoes and then everyone hears it and they're like whoa I got to say something about that echo I'm hearing yeah and it's funny you know you mention you're seeing vitriol for a candidate, and then you then responded with vitriol. From the outside, it looks like, in infighting again. But of course, you had complicated, nuanced feelings that you were trying to express, wouldn't you say?
2: Yes. Yes, very much. And, and those feelings were of like, oh, birdie supporters are aggressive. And then I said something that was aggressive also, but then the response to that was also aggressive. Also aggressive, aggressive. yeah. And it almost proved my point to myself about birdie supporters.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> one of these challenging, challenging things. We identify the things we don't like, and then unwittingly we end up doing that thing that we don't like, and then it just kind of... You're combating the bad, and then you add more bad, and then you, you're you like, oh, I didn't mean to add more bad, but now the bad is coming at me in a disproportionate way. So it's this very yes. weird place to have a conversation. What happened after you tweeted that in response? Did you mute the thread? What happened?
2: I think I unfollowed her immediately after that. Because I was just like, no, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> I felt a certain level of betrayal almost, I Yeah. Guess. Like, Because I feel like sometimes you exist in the world and you forget that you can agree with people on so many things and then still disagree on something important.
1: Well, I think that's actually kind of confoundingly who we disagree with the hardest.
2: Weirdly, I think of Bernie Sanders as just someone who's just like so he's got like a lot of anger, which is fair because there are many things to be angry about. And I identify with that a lot because I'm always angry. <laughs> I always have a level of just like constant simmering rage that's beneath the surface. Yes. And it really motivates me in my life. Um, <laughs> and I identified with that in 2016. I voted for Bernie in the primary in 2016. Oh, okay. um, But Elizabeth Warren presents things in a different way that to me, she just inspires me.
1: You said there's a constant simmering rage just beneath the surface for you. <laughs> if you even can identify it, what is the source of that simmering rage?
2: Um like in high school, I would say like that was just my persona, like uh, that's deaf, she's angry all the time. As teenagers often are. Oh, yeah. It was like a persona that I almost cultivated a little bit, but also actual anger. And depression, also yeah. didn't realize at the time. But
1: <laughs> um. well, there's always a lot of there's always a lot of funny building blocks that go into our personas, right? It's like one who we're reacting against, and also what we're rewarded for. Like in college, I was rewarded in a big way for being like the funny gay kid, and so looking back, it's like whoa, I really was everyone's little clown, you know. Um <laughs> yeah. But but I I'm I'm aware that I did that because I was incentivized to do it. Was there any way that you were like kind of incentivized for anger maybe from your friends or or something else?
2: Maybe I I I feel like One of my things is that I just, I don't talk very much in, in certain group settings. I'm, you know, sort of a classic introvert in that sense. But then sometimes when I do say things, I end up being funny and then I get laughter and response. And I feel like that could definitely be part of that. It just works for me in so many ways because I, like I I was angry, presenting as angry, Uh, kept me sort of... Invisible, like it helps me fly under the radar a little bit. But it also was like it would protect me if, for some reason, my flying under the radar thing didn't work. I just wanted to be smart. That was, and I feel like you know we all we all do. But um, yeah, that was. I was like you know I wanted to be angry and smart and uh, angry because I know things. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I feel like the apathy is a way that it's like all right, nothing can nothing can bother me because I just don't care enough for it to bother me.
1: I get that. And it's a really good protective shield, you know, because if nothing can bother you enough to care, then no one can hurt you. Um, which is something that I, I feel certainly, um, or we all have our shields. I don't think mine is apathy. I think it's perhaps something else. Um, maybe it's this podcast, which literally started as a coping mechanism to deal with people saying negative things about me. And now here we are, <laughs> many episodes into it, three <laughs> years down the line, and we all have our strange little coping mechanisms. Um, <laughs> so you are about to talk to Kate for the first time. How are you feeling?
2: I'm excited to... Mm-hmm. to. Uh You know, the word that came to mind was hash things out, um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I feel like that's not what this is.
1: This is whatever you want to do. You can hash it out. Hi. Hi. Stay right there. We'll be right back. Before we continue, I just want to say thanks for being here. Also, you can be on this show too. Has someone said something negative about you online, or maybe you've said something negative about someone else? Either way, after this episode is over, go to www.conversationswithpeoplewhohateme.com where you can fill out a guest form. And if you don't want to be on this show, that is totally cool. I appreciate you just the same. Maybe consider telling a friend about this show. Word of mouth has brought this podcast around the world so your recommendation goes a long way. All right, let's get back to the conversation. Kate, how are you feeling about this call?
0: All of a sudden I felt like very nervous.
1: You feel nervous?
0: Yeah. Why? All of a sudden it like set in.
1: Yeah. What what <laughs> when did it set in when the when the call rang? Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't be nervous. This is this is a great and loving place. Steph, how are you feeling?
2: Good and fine, I guess. <laughs>
1: are are you part of the nervous train? We welcome it. You know, I'll I'll join on too now that Kate brought it up.
2: Um yeah, sure.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so, before we kind of get into it, I would love for you to get to know each other. So, Kate, why don't you kick it off and tell Steph a little about you? What what she might not know?
0: Okay. Um, I'm a stand-up comic.
1: In this part of the call, I- Kate and Steph get to know each other. But to avoid repetition, since you've just heard this stuff, I'm going to speed you up to the part where they start talking about finances. I'm to think. Here's you Kate. You
0: know, I. I don't have a lot of money. Um, I am somebody who, I mean, like I'm not like super poor, but I'm definitely not like doing amazing economically. Like I, I for sure like uh, have struggles in that way right now, hopefully not forever, but uh, like uh, being a standup comic is not necessarily a lucrative (laughs) profession, even Mm -hmm. if you've been on TV a lot of times. I mean, like I just did Colbert, uh, I have a special on Netflix and it's, it's still like, kind of hard to make a living at comedy and like I'm uh you know things are coming along
2: I also uh don't have a lot of money and currently I am staying at my mom's house because I tried to live on my own in an apartment and I couldn't afford it yeah so for the next few months I will be sleeping in the living room but I do have prospects to get out of here so that's exciting.
0: As someone who has uh, slept on many couches, I stand a couch sleeping queen.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Steph, a couch sleeping <laughs> queen.
2: The couch is actually super uncomfortable, so I sleep in a recliner. Oh,
1: oh good. Okay. Well, this is this is good.
2: <laughs> and I am safe and you know warm and stuff. So safe and I can't warm. complain too
1: much. Love. So let's kind of let's let's get down to this. Uh, this lovely Twitter experience we're here to talk about. You know, Kate, you, you shared with Steph a little earlier about um, what really activated you to Bernie, right? A boyfriend who you believe would, or, or not you believe who would still be alive today if it if if he had access.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, he struggled with depression for a long time and. I believe that if he had been able to medicate his depression, he'd still be here. I mean, you know, it would be impossible to make a definitive claim that he absolutely still would. I get it. But I can say when he was on the medicine that was working for him and he had access to the doctor, he was doing a lot better than he was at the end of his life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, man, I don't know. I feel that there's no... Other candidate that's running that shares my values as much as Bernie does, specifically on Medicare for All. I feel like, even though there's other people that do support universal health care, he feels the most committed to Medicare for All. And that's the most important issue to me. Um,
2: you know, universal health care is also very important to me. I lived without health insurance for, I think, six years. I was able to get health insurance again through ACA when the marketplace first opened. Um, I was able to get an amazing plan that was very affordable. And then of course the next year I was able to get a plan that was less affordable. Um, and then, uh, there was nothing. Um, fortunately I was able to get healthcare through my job because I have, you know, a number of, of, uh, health issues that I've had, that I've had to, you know, seek treatment for including mental health issues. And um, I actually wanted to ask, and I don't know, Kate, if you would be, you know, you don't have to answer, but the person that you're talking about, was it a suicide?
0: No, I don't think so. So he was talking about suicide a lot around the time that he died. But I think to medicate his depression, he kind of turned to alcohol and it was drinking a lot in the last couple weeks of his life and one night he drank too much and I I think that's how he died I think that's the information that I have I mean I I don't I don't actually know 100% for sure because you know that was what his family passed along but Hmm. you know I I just yeah I I don't know for sure it's not like I talked to the doctor myself or something like that yeah um I think that there's something about Bernie's anger that resonates with me now, actually. Like, when I used to see him yell in, like, 2016, I felt like, oh, my God, like, why is this guy so mad? But then, like, now that I've had this, like, really terrible thing happen, like, I feel like he is actually yelling on my behalf, you know? Like, he's yelling because, like, I I can't. Uh, I can't yell. I mean, I can't a little bit, like, on Twitter or something. But, like, he, you know, he's, like, his anger is, like, it's anger on my behalf now, you know? And I, I can't help but thinking, like, that that's how a lot of people feel about him.
2: Yeah. That's something that used to resonate with me, with Bernie. Like, I am inherently just an angry person. Like, I just carry a lot of anger around with me every day. And now, one of the reasons, possibly, that I kind of switched my preferred candidates from Bernie to Warren is that I felt like it's possible that there's something more productive than that righteous anger. And I think that that might be Elizabeth Warren's approach. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other thing is that, you know, as you said, obviously, like it's not directed at, at me specifically, but I just kept seeing those takes about how people who don't support Bernie are people who aren't poor or people who, don't care about healthcare or people who, you know, whatever. And I was like, but I am poor. I <laughs> do care about healthcare. <laughs> so, you know, those felt like, I guess, misguided attacks. Um, and it just, you know, it seemed like that was where the divisiveness was coming from, was coming from that side.
0: I think that part of the reason, like, I got mad at you is because, like, I'm, like, tired of being told that, like, Bernie supporters are, like, especially bad or something like I can certainly empathize with the experience of like bad online supporters and I really used to think that Bernie's supporters were particularly bad like in 2016 I had like a lot of Bernie bro jokes. And I actually regret those jokes now because I get yelled at by supporters of other candidates all the time. Mm. So I've really started to think that people are just mean on the internet and that it has, especially to women, and that it has nothing to do with the supporters of any particular candidate. I just think that people are jerks online a lot of the time. And I I don't know, you know, so I think like when I saw you uh, say that to me, there was like, there was a righteous response on my end of it too which is like hey look like Bernie people are not the only folks calling people names on mm-hmm. this internet like mm-hmm. everybody is everybody is actually being mm-hmm. bad to each other you know? and, you,
1: and you responded to Steph's tweet
0: yeah I did I said that like I don't remember what exactly I said but I think I like tweeted it and I said like I like Elizabeth Warren but her supporters are bad or something I don't remember exactly what I said but I mean I was like kind of like being really snarky about it and I actually do regret that because it's like I don't want to get in fights with people online or whatever, but I think it was just all day I was like being told that I was like bad for supporting Bernie because Bernie supporters are harassing bros. And I was being told this by people who were being mean to me. So it just started to feel like a very like pot kettle situation. And then I got righteously indignant about it. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. So obviously, like, I shouldn't have said what I said either. Like, that's, I feel like that's just, it's so obvious, you know? And it was an outsized response to what you had said. And, like, when I had one of my friends, like, look at the exchange, you know, without providing context first, she was like, what the fuck, Steph? Like, that's not, that's not an appropriate response at all. And I was like, oh, you are correct. Sorry. Like, that, I was like, oh, no, that, you're right. Yeah. You, you're right. Um, so, the, like, this is the problem, like, is that context is so important, but the internet does not provide it. I also never expected you personally to really, like, see it or notice it just because of, like, the... I feel like the volume of responses that were there. And furthermore, I definitely never expected for people to respond to me, which is what happened. A lot of people commented to my reply. And then those same people also like went into my timeline uh, or into my feed, feed, whatever the terminology is, and then responded to other posts that i had made and i was like well get out of here Um, what are
1: you doing
0: i i totally get that and i shouldn't have responded to you um i didn't really think that through like i'm not actually used to having like a large twitter following and like i don't want things like that to happen i don't like it and so i'm not gonna quote tweet someone ever again unless it's like somebody else who you know has kind of like put themselves out there as like a a public person already you know Mm -hmm. like a a journalist or whatever or perhaps if it's like a really sexist guy saying awful shit to women then whatever I don't care (laughs) but yeah I don't I don't like that that happened and I definitely like learned from the experience that I should I can't like at this point like fight people on Twitter without expecting that some third parties will get involved. I used to be able to, but at this point, that would be not kind or responsible. So I'm sorry about that.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I also will, you know, be more careful about what I'm saying, because that's my thing. I, I really use Twitter as like a shouting into the void kind of thing. But it's like, oh, it's not the void. There are people in yeah, there. Then the um, void shuts back, <laughs> so... so. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the void has human emotions also, as it turns out. <laughs> so I guess. Well, the not, void is like know.
1: weirdly not- populated by humans. That's the weird thing about yeah. social media. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, and it's like, I don't know, man. Cause, you know, I've had like, I've had times like during this election season where I feel like I am being constructive and stuff. And then I've also had times where I've like just been shitty. Like I'm grieving someone that I really. Love and I miss him, and, um, I don't know, man, I have really strong feelings about this stuff, and, like, every once in a while, like, I have, like, looked at my Twitter and been like, ah, Kate, you know, you can, like, not, like, like, there have been times when I'm like, no, it's not constructive for me to, like, get mad online, like, I'm adding to something that I I don't think will help anything, but at the same time, like, this... (sighs) This feels like the biggest deal to me in the world right now is yeah. like making sure that everyone gets healthcare, especially, you know, like it yeah. just, I, I've like put a lot of my feelings about missing Raga into this. And, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I'm not going to say that like 100% of my, everything I've ever said has been like from like the most uh, rational place in the world.
1: Yeah. Steph, is is there a way that you process pain online?
2: So I, uh, rather than I just I want to kind of go off on a a slightly different thing because I just feel like now's the time. Yeah. Um, One of the reasons why it's like I swear healthcare is important to me is that when I was sixteen, my dad died, and you know with whatever whatever money there was in the aftermath of that, from you know I don't know his pension. Like, I don't even know what money that was exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My mom had to use that money, a very large portion of it, to secure health insurance for herself and for me for the next couple of years. And it was like just an obscene amount of money that had to go toward that. So, you know, that's one of the reasons why, like, when people say, like, if you don't support Bernie, Bernie, you don't support health care, why I'm like, I assure you that's not the case. But what I wasn't going to mention, but now I feel is very relevant to me and Kate understanding each other, Mm -hmm. is that my dad died um, by suicide. Mm. So I very, very deeply understand, you know, the kind of pain that comes from someone not having access to mental health care or not utilizing that. You know, personally, I think that a lot of it is to do with the way that society treats men and having that be as, as a result of how society treats women, which is that, you know, being, be a man, don't deal with your feelings. Mm. That is what leads to, I think, to the high suicide rate among mm. men. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even if that wasn't how, you know, the person that you lost died specifically, it sounds like mental health was a huge factor. So I absolutely understand where you're coming from. Um, that was what I've been, like, trying to, you know, articulate, really, since Kate talked about, you know, the fact that it was a mental health was a factor.
0: Yeah, I'm really sorry to hear about your dad. That's incredibly messed up. And I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. And I believe you, that you care about health care. I can see why, especially having been through all of that, it would feel super bad to have people tell you that you don't care about something that actually is really important to you. Yeah, I, I just... Yes. Yeah, and I, I think it helps me, too, to, like, understand that there, like, are Elizabeth Warren supporters that are, um, you know, just for whatever reason, don't believe that Bernie Sanders, like, can get the job done or whatever. And that like, even though I, I, I I disagree with that assessment, you know, but I, I I think I could be sometimes uh, a little bit more generous in my assumptions about what's motivating people.
1: Yeah. And I, just to be fair, you know, Kate, I don't think that the internet totally encourages us to be fair in our assessments (laughs) of what's going on with other people. It,
2: it really doesn't. Like, I just, yeah, um, yeah. It's funny that you say that because, like, it does suck. Like, it sucks. It just sucks. Like, that's the only phrasing that you can really use. And you know what happened to you know the person that you lost also sucks. And it seems like that is you know a really recent thing. And I know how different it is when it's kind of fresh. And it's it's really hard because like part of me is like I hate people. I just hate people so much. Um, in general, I'm like, oh, get away from me. Um, but at the same time. I love humanity and just seeing the humanity in people is so important. And the internet is not a great place for that. Mm -hmm. It can be. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is one of the things that's positive about it. But the way that we overwhelmingly interact with a large number of people is that we are not seeing their humanity.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. I agree.
2: And I think that there are some systems online that are, Specifically designed so that we don't see people's humanity. Mm-hmm. And it's a dark
1: world. Yeah.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah what this larger conversation seems to be about is what we do with our anger and how we respond to other people expressing that anger for us. But then there's also the second level of anger because it's like you are gravitating towards a candidate who expresses anger in the way that is appropriate to you, right? Bernie, to you, Kate, is like, he is the right amount of angry for a thing that he deserves to be angry about. And Steph, it seems like you're attracted to the way Elizabeth Warren activates and expresses her anger, would you say? Yeah. The interesting thing, though, is is that that anger ricochets against each other yeah. on the internet.
2: Yeah, definitely. People talk about, like, echo chambers, you know, of, of ideas, but I think that a lot of the time it's an echo chamber of, of just anger, like rage, just bouncing around off of the walls and just getting bigger and scarier.
1: I agree with that. And I wanted to point out something that has been so fascinating as, you know, I'm I'm listening to you two talk, which is like, all we are to each other are punching bags. So it's like, how do you take your anger at a systemic macro thing out on the system well you can't you can't take your anger out on a system so instead you you pick a person who has tweeted a joke about elizabeth warren or you pick a person who has tweeted something in response to that joke and then you retweet that person but it's like that's is i think like the core of this very discussion
2: yeah yeah
1: steph are you about to say something
2: no, I was just agreeing. <laughs> okay, okay, great. Um, I feel like there's something there's something about the way that I say, yeah, that makes people think I'm going to say stuff. Um, no, no, no. <laughs> you just took a breath afterward.
1: I actually feel very excited oh, by no, it. It's a, like, all the time. no, it's good. It's like, yeah, and then I'm thinking and it's like, yes, complex mind. Go off queen. <laughs> um, if someone were to look at the interaction you two had on Twitter and just say, see, point to it and say, see, the left is doomed. Do you think that's a fair read?
0: Because I just I don't really think that what happens uh, on Twitter or whatever is representative of like the coalition building and the activism that's happening in real life. Most people aren't on Twitter.
1: Steph, do do you still think that uh, Bernie stands are pieces of shit?
2: Uh no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. Okay. Um, I think that there are. Certain individuals who probably need to cool it. Um, <laughs> but calling people pieces of shit is, you yeah. know, not a fair assessment.
0: Are you in any way convinced that there are people who support every candidate who need to cool it? Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah.
2: Yeah, I just, um, I wish that there were some way to reconcile the Bernie and Warren thing because as a coalition, we would be unstoppable, I feel. But I, realistically in our just the way that our political system works, I don't know how we would possibly have that happen.
0: Maybe the left can unite.
1: Maybe the left but the can... bad news
0: is you have to do it, Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> through this show.
1: Yeah. <laughs> through every, every member of the Yes. Yeah. Maybe the left can unite. Uh we have a lot of work to do. <laughs> well I mean I have to say I think I do feel like one of one of those people who does lose a little hope when i see fights like that break out on twitter and not because i'm i'm casting any judgment on either person you know like my this whole podcast has shown me that everyone has this very nuanced backstory for why they're saying what they're saying as you both have proven today but it's it does make me lose a little hope but then something like this makes me completely gain it back in this really beautiful way. Do you know what I mean? I just think yeah. like you, you, I understand that you know, you could say that Twitter isn't real life. I argue that it is real life, but it's it's a it's a different prism. It's life through a a kind of funhouse mirror. But I mean, we can a- at least acknowledge that this conversation that we had today is profoundly different from the one that was had on Twitter. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So to wrap things up, are there any final things you want to say, either to each other or to the void, knowing that the void is, you know, populated by humans?
0: <laughs> it's been a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, it's been really illuminating, and I think that I'm gonna stop assuming that Elizabeth Warren supporters don't care about health care. I think that, you know, I, 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 even though I don't, I don't agree that Elizabeth Warren's approach is likely to work. But I also think that I'm probably wrong when I think that, you know, Elizabeth Warren supporters are not valuing that issue.
2: <laughs> um, it's Yeah, no, this has just been a really, a really good conversation. And um, I feel like these conversations are what's missing from life, I guess. It's, you know, just the idea that we can talk about things and we can understand other people's perspectives. And it's not anonymous like as much as the internet is anonymous it's it's not really like there's someone back there you know behind it and you know there are there are trolls out there and people who just want to start shit but i think that that is more rare than it's just people just trying to live their lives and just to you know keep that in mind as we live our interweb lives (laughs) um (laughs) And you know if you would unblock me on Twitter then I would follow you again. I'll
0: will fo- follow you back and I I promise I will never quote tweet you again even if you <laughs> expressed a Bernie
1: supporters Wait, or Was there a of blocking shit. that happened?
0: I think I blocked her. I don't remember but I will okay. absolutely unblock you and unblock. Uh, you know, it was really good to connect with you. I feel that we agree on more things than not and yeah. I, uh, you know I've been thinking recently that I don't want to just make fun of political stuff. I am trying to get back to some good old-fashioned jokes about Men as well. <laughs> so hopefully I will have some content that makes you happier. Good. Yeah.
2: Um, yes, and I will I will not say mean things about uh, about Bernie or his supporters. I will just tweet about TV and, uh, <laughs> and and political
1: things. Listen, I my my goal here is not to eradicate negativity. I think negativity and dissent, it's more mature cousin, is uh, very necessary online. So I don't want to eradicate it. It's it's. I think my only goal is to see what we what conversations can sprout from it. You know what I mean? I think
0: that's a great goal.
2: Yeah, I just mean like mean, just mean things. I'll still, I can still say, you know, reasoned arguments are still are still on the table, but just being mean is probably is you know is not
1: not good. Well, here we are, just galloping off into the sunset <laughs> all together. Um, well, I I just want to say a huge <laughs> thank you to both of you. I know it takes a lot of energy and some anxiety to come on this show and have these conversations, but I I just think this was amazing so thank you both so much for taking the time to do this thank you
0: dylan thank you this
2: has been a you know really unique and great experience that i
1: didn't see coming listen
0: same thing same thing went so much (laughs) better than i thought
1: it might okay great yeah what about for you better than you thought Steph? yeah yeah definitely
2: and more than i ever would have expected from me you know doing my shouting into the void on twitter (laughs) Um, like i said it's it's good to remember that the void is not a void at all. Yeah.
1: Wow. Okay. The void that is, is not a void. the void is not Whoa. a void at all, honey. Steph, copyright you, babe. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's incredible. Um, all right. Well, thank you both so much for doing this. And with that, um, I'll hang up and uh, we'll all see each other on the internet. Sound good? Sounds good. Sounds good. Bye, Steph. Bye. Bye. Thanks. If you'd like to be a guest on this show or have an idea for an episode, please visit www.conversationswithpeoplewhohateme.com for more information. Conversations with People Who Hate Me is a production of Nightvale Presents. Christy Gressman is the executive producer, Vincent Cachione is the sound engineer and mixer, Emily Newman and Mark Stoll are the associate producers. The theme song is These Dark Times by Caged Animals. The logo was designed by Philip Blackowl with a photo by Mindy Tucker. And this podcast was created, produced, and hosted by me, Dylan Marin. Special thanks to Adam Cecil and our publicist, Megan Larson. We'll be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. But until then, remember, there's a human on the other side of the screen. racing through these dark times. And it's hard to take it, but we're gonna make it through these dark times. Make it through these dark times. Make it through these dark times. Make it